Welcome to Third Angle. Today, we learn about the electric machines driving forward the construction industry. I'm your host, Paul Hames, from industrial software company PTC. In this podcast, we share the moments where digital transforms physical and meet the brilliant minds behind some of the most innovative products around the world, each powered by PTC technology. Imagine hearing the birds sing even while construction is going on right outside your window. Or imagine a building being demolished in near complete silence. These are just a few of the promises of electric vehicles for the construction industry. Not only is this industry a noise polluter, it has a big impact on the climate too, but it is essential. It plays a vital role in the development of every country around the world. That's why it needs to go green, and Volvo construction equipment is at the forefront of the revolution. We sent our producer, Rachel McDevitt, to meet the team. I'm Ray Glant. I'm the Vice President of Product Management and Productivity here at Volvo CE. Uh, my name is Lars Arnold. I'm the product manager for e-mobility or sustainability. I'm Dave Vandersleen, the sub-portfolio manager for CAD and PDM applications. So you're here at the customer center on the Shippensburg campus. We have uh, 40 acres of developed area here. And the purpose of it is to, that we can bring customers in and test various machines in applications similar to what they're actually going to be doing. So here is our demonstration area. So we have the machines uh, staged here. You have different areas where they can do different activities with the machines. We have a big apron here where we do periodically, we do shows with the machines and demonstrate all the different machines in a choreographed display that everybody can get a good idea of what the machines do and have a little fun with it. So here in Shippensburg, uh, we make compaction machines, so machines for compacting soil and asphalt. And we've been making them here since the 1970s, I believe. Um, we also manufacture wheel loaders. We're focusing more and more on electric machines. So we have the wheel electric loader, uh, electric excavator, and we're working on other electric products as well. The compact equipment is mainly used in utility jobs for uh, small trench work, for water lines, for electrical conduit lines, things like that. Uh, they're used inside buildings for building construction work. They're used in landscaping and uh, general municipal work. So this is the ECR25. 6,000 pound rated compact excavator, uh, the first mini excavator we're coming out with in North America. So this machine is very similar as the diesel machine. So we have the same boom, arm, structure, undercarriage, cabin, 80% of the parts are the same. The main difference is that the diesel engine and the fuel tank has been replaced by a set of lithium ion batteries feeding then an electric motor driving the hydraulic pump. Okay, to start up the machine, master switch on, climbing into the machine, turning on the ignition, and as the machine's getting ready, 
putting on the seat belt because the machine has a very loud seat belt warning. And now I push a button and the machine is up and running. So it's very, very quiet. That's the noise we have on this machine. And it's so good because it enables, a quiet machine enables to talk with bystanders. On a diesel machine, I would need to idle down or turn off the engine. So in this machine, you can hear me now. It's very easy to communicate with people. I'm at the diesel machine right now. The same size machine, ECR25 diesel. I need to turn on the master switch. Crank. A little bit different to the electric machine, isn't it? One of the things that we took into account when designing these new electric machines is that a lot of the components didn't have to change. The boom and arm, for instance, if it worked fine on the diesel machine, then we left it alone and we only changed what we had to to incorporate the electronic drives, the electric drives, and take advantage of the special features they have. So if their torque curves are different, we redesigned the hydraulic systems to take advantage of the new torque characteristics of an electric drive versus a diesel drive. When comparing the diesel machine versus the electric machine, operators are telling us that the machine, the electric machines feel better. It's more reactive. And of course this makes sense because a diesel engine, to get more flow, the RPM needs to go up and this has some kind of lag. Electric motors are on instantly, providing instant torque and the machine feels more active. Actually, some customers tell me or is telling us that the machines feel stronger than the diesel equivalent machine. So they feel great, actually. We can compare them to cordless power tools. More and more customers or consumers are going for the yard equipment, like a string trimmer, plower, lawnmower, electric, and it's amazing how much easier it is to operate this instead of starting, pulling, mixing a two-stroke uh, fuel, taking care about the fuel filter, uh, the priming, the air filter on the equipment. You simply pop into batteries, push a button, it starts. And the electric equipment, electric cars, is similar. So overnight, or when you're not using the machine, the car, plug it into an outlet, charge it overnight. The next morning, you simply uh, turn on the master switch, start the ignition, and the machine is ready to go. And machine is driving right now here behind us a normal diesel machine would be much more noisy very noisy it's amazing how comfortable the machines are by taking vibration and noise away so yeah one of the unique applications that we ran into uh, early on when we were demoing electric equipment was with the toronto zoo in canada where they brought the electric equipment inside the pens where the animals were, were free-ranging. And one of the things that they found was because of the low noise, low emissions, and low vibrations, the animals didn't get agitated nearly as quickly as they did with the diesel equipment. So they were able to work 
with diesel equipment for about half an hour, 45 minutes before the animals would start getting agitated. With the electric equipment, they were able to work much longer periods of time close by the animals, and the animals weren't bothered at all by it. So it was kind of unique to see our equipment working around bison and giraffes and, and other animals in a zoo environment, which is not an application that we would have probably picked out or designed for, but happened to be an application that the electric machines were perfect for. One of the things that we're seeing is that our customers are bringing applications to us that, of course, we could have never foreseen. But because of the features of the electric machines, the quietness, low vibration, and low emissions, they're coming up with applications where they couldn't use a diesel machine before, but the electric machine works fine. So it's replacing manual labor on some jobs, it's less intrusive on some jobs, it's less bothersome in a lot of applications. So they're forwarding the applications to us now rather than us having to try to think of new applications for these machines. We've seen them used quite a bit in indoor applications, so working around sensitive areas where it's either noise sensitive or emission sensitive, these machines are perfect for that. We've seen them work in a lot of municipal areas where the, the municipalities are very concerned with keeping the noise down and keeping disturbance down for the residents around, and especially when you come to off hours work. So if something happens in the middle of the night, uh, water main break or something like that, and they need to get it fixed, these machines are perfect because they have much less noise and disturbance than a traditional machine would have. One of the limitations when it comes to charging solutions that customers are looking at is the infrastructure can sometimes be very expensive to put in conduits to bring in the right uh, amperage and voltage of electricity to, to run these chargers. So customers are looking for alternates that they can put out on a job site, run for three, four months or even three, four weeks in some cases and be able to charge their machines and yet then be able to pick up that equipment and move it to another site to the next job site they're going on. So that's becoming a big part of our offering is how do we get off-grid charging available either by solar, wind, portable batteries, hot swapping batteries, whatever uh, method we can do to make sure the customer always has ready access to the fuel source, which in this case is electricity. What you see here is a, a off-grid solar charger. There's no foundation needed, there's no um, cording, connections, uh, even building permits are not required. Uh, it's only set on a place. The only thing it needs is a firm level ground and a nice position where no buildings or trees are obstructing the sunshine to the solar array. And it has electric motor, so the solar panel is actually following the sun over the daytime, adjusting it to the perfect angle towards the sunshine. The electricity is then stored in lithium-ion batteries on top, which is the batteries are actually nine feet high in the air. So this unit is also designed for areas where hurricanes, flooding can happen. So we have an emergency power if there should be a power outage. It looks sort of like a flower. It's, it's sort of a curved base stem, almost raising the panel array up yeah. on top. And then there's little 
they almost look like leaves yes. where the charging ports are. <laughs> yeah. So it has two charging uh, ports for electric vehicles or to charge our electric equipment, one on the left side, right hand side, and it's actually designed to put this on parking lots. So it's a very easy installation of a solar array on parking lots where there are no cables, uh, trenching, preparation is required. Because the electric machines use quite a bit more power than a car, we restrict it to two charging outlets. If it was a car installation that you were using the beam for, you could go up to six charging outlets off the one unit. Wow, That's really cool. Is that a Volvo invention or is that? No, it's a partner company. We're partnered with Beam, but they're a company out of San Diego that's an independent company. We're also looking more and more at doing things in a virtual world. So instead of during the early production or production process, we build prototypes. Instead of building them you know, with physical machines out of steel, we can build them in a virtual world and even do virtual assembly prototyping. So with a virtual factory, the operators can put a headset on and see how the machines go together in a virtual world well before we have anything in steel when it's a lot easier to make changes because to make a change in a virtual environment takes minutes depending on how big the change is compared to days or weeks to make a change you know, on a real machine. That's really cool. I mean, that sounds like metaverse stuff. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to the metaverse yet, but definitely more virtual. And even giving customers access to virtual machines so they can see what the machines look like and even sit in a machine and operate it in a virtual world you know, before we ever sell them. That was Dave Vandersleen, Ray Gallant, and Lars Arnold speaking to our producer, Rachel. Now, to design, manufacture, and service their vehicles, Volvo CE relies on a network of employees, external partners, and customers. It's really quite complex, and that's why they chose PTC's product lifecycle management solution, Windchill, to manage the vehicle development process. Let's find out more. Time to meet our expert, Mark Lobo, who heads up PTC's Windchill PLM division. Mark, can you start by telling us what Windchill does and how Volvo construction equipment is using it? So let's just start off with Windchill first. Windchill helps companies, you know, typically discrete manufacturing companies like Volvo, CE, manage their products throughout the entire life cycle. So it orchestrates the flow of product data between many different business systems and really enables a seamless, secure collaboration between folks that create the information and consumers of that product information, I would say both within the company and the extended enterprise. When you consider all of the business processes, it really starts off with managing product and process requirements. Then you get into typical R&D engineering processes like product design, engineering below material management, you know, product, product line, variability and complexity. You heard the Volvo construction product managers talk a lot about that. Then you get into managing suppliers, the supply chain, and into a streamlined collaboration with downstream stakeholders in manufacturing, shop flow, you know, quality engineering service teams. So while this product information is being shared and augmented at every stage, there is full traceability with robust, powerful configuration and change management processes in Winchell that wraps around all of these steps. Now, if you turn for a minute to Volvo Construction Equipment or Volvo CE, it's it's a great example of a customer 
who has truly matured on their PLM or digital thread journey, as we like to call it here, and is benefiting from many of the synergies between product size and projects. Let me give you a quick example of how they went about doing that. You know, first things first for many companies is about getting your digital house in order, so to speak. And it started with an end-to-end product development process based on a single source of product data that was Windchill to create more efficient ways of working and an optimized user experience and toolchain integration. The next thing that was really critical for Volvo CE was this common product architecture. Now, let me step back for a minute. Volvo CE has five product lines, 270 models, 18,000 plus options and choices. Those are built around 11 factories. And you heard the product managers talk a lot about moving to hybrid and electrical machines, autonomous connected solutions. So this common architecture with the shared technology really became critical for fast delivery of these new versions and the new products at the lowest cost. So they established a program to facilitate this transformation and to move the company towards the -the state-of-the-art architecture approach. So I think these are all kind of critical things. And the last thing I'll just kind of jump in there and say is that the electronics, software, and connectivity played a central role at Volvo C across all of these product lines. And the features that are no longer delivered through mechanical components, instead, they are also enabled by smart software. An example is a single hauler could have an exponential increase in specification and software modules from one product update to the next. In fact, they have 4,000 different software modules that go into these haulers in the electric version. So that's just to give you a sense of the level of product complexity and the journey they've been on. And Mark, how does a company, the size and scope of Volvo CE with 14,000 employees working across 140 countries, how do they transform to improve the speed of execution and become a more agile organization through the use of Windchill? Paul, this isn't something you probably hear about much, but I think it's really extremely important to the success of such a transformation like we've seen at Volvo Construction Equipment. It's really organizational change management or OCM. It's as important as the product and the processes that we we just spoke about earlier. Now, remember, I said Volvo CE is a huge company, five product lines, 270 models, along with this whole new push into hybrid and electrical machines. And when you think about companies at that level, they're trying to establish governance and process and then harmonize the teams around that. But that really always doesn't work. So Volvo took a slightly different tact, which is they focused on early adopters on the ground floor who then acted as change agents throughout the organization. So a bottom-up approach by having each community help define the vision and value in making those changes. Once these frontline workers were trained first, they then drove the change management by helping other team members learn and adopt that solution across the company, which was Winchell. What this did was it created a viral approach to training and adoption where change spread naturally throughout the organization. So definitely one of the key initiatives in a transformation such as at Volvo Construction Equipment is organizational change management. Thanks to Mark and to Dave, Ray and Lars for taking us behind the scenes at Volvo Construction Equipment Headquarters. 
please rate, review, and subscribe to our bi-weekly Third Angle episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts and follow PTC on LinkedIn and Twitter for future episodes. This is an 1860 production for PTC. Executive producer is Jackie Cook, sound design and editing by Oli Giyu, location recording by Rachel McDevitt and music by Rowan Bishop. 